You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. And remember, if you have any questions for us here on the Retirement Solution, you can always drop us an email through our website at retirementsolutionradio.com. Money for nothing. And your votes for free. (laughs) And your votes for free. (laughs) So I think a lot of uh, members of Congress might think this way. Because there's this interesting Facebook post that's making the rounds right now, questioning how such a large percentage of the members of Congress ended up as millionaires. I mean, Mm. that number's around 48% according to PolitiFact, while the percentage among average Americans is somewhere between 5 and 12% of us who have (laughs) a million dollars or more. So... We can speculate all day long about how these politicians have uh, added to their wealth over the years. Sure. But I'm wondering, what about the average people that you meet with? Have you seen someone get to that million-dollar nest egg or more and, you know, not do it in a shady way? (laughs) Heck, yeah. You know, I think that's probably one of the greatest parts about why I don't think our system is completely broken. You know, I don't think that there's a month that's gone by since I've been doing this job where I haven't met someone and just been amazed at that when they took responsibility for what they needed to do and they saved their money diligently, they did appropriate things like uh, just, you know, keep putting it in early if you can. But even if they didn't do it early, they put that money in at a later stage in time. They put more of it in, okay. you know, people that stayed within a budget or even if they didn't have a budget, they spent within their means. I can't tell you, Jennifer, how many people I have met their household income was never more than fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year, and these people have six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. I talked to a couple years ago, and I think I've even talked about them on the show before. The gentleman actually took care of the grounds for a cemetery, uh-huh. and this gentleman had never made more than thirty-five thousand dollars a year. When they called into the show and just asked, hey, you know, are we doing the right thing? What should we do? We're not making a lot of money from our bank CDs anymore. Mm -hmm. I discovered that a household income that never had more than $35,000 of earned income, they had over $1.1 million saved. Man. Talk about unbelievable. That's to the me. American so, dream right there. They've the done American the dream. right things. Yeah. And so wow. the thing that is is that dream is reality if we take responsibility, make the realization no one's gonna do it for us. We have to do it on our own, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the divide that separates a lot of this country. There's some people that think they are entitled. They are deserved to have other people hand it to them, and they're just waiting with their hands out, waiting to elect the right person to grease their paws. Why? Well, because they deserve it. Mm -hmm. And there's another group of people that are, I'm not going to say completely different. They love the country equally, but the other group said, I don't trust anyone to do it for me. The way I was raised, if I wanted something, I had to go out and earn it. And yeah, it may not be the greatest shake in the world, or maybe it's not the world's greatest job, but I'm proud of it. And I come up and I show up every day and I'm going to put some money aside because I don't know that there's going to be anyone out there to grease my paw. I don't know that I'm going to run for politics. I don't know that I'm going to do these things. And because of that, I need to save money and I'm just going to put it away and put it away. and I'm going to spend within my means. The amazing thing is between that dichotomy, those two groups of people, there's one group that always ends up ahead of the game. The people that are responsible. 
Mm-hmm. So when you look at this, and I find this to be interesting because you mentioned the comment earlier, there's almost 48% of people that are in Congress that are millionaires. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a lot of millionaires running around up there making no proper choices with government money, mm-hmm. in my opinion. If they did, how could we have, what, $27 trillion in debt? And counting, yes. And unbelievably counting. You know, and I think that's nutty. Now, there's a couple things about that. I'm not saying that politicians are complete crooks, or at least not all of them are, right? Right. And I also don't think it's guilty by association. I remember reading a a biography on George W. Bush, and he said that uh, one of the things his father told him was, hey, you got to go make your money in business first. And once you've made your money, then you can consider public office. Hmm, Okay. So I always thought that was interesting because here's George Herbert Walker Bush uh, telling his son, hey, listen there, W. (laughs) I want you to do the right things. It's great if you follow in your your father's footsteps. I'd be real proud. You know, a thousand points of light shining right down on you straight from my soul. Love that. But having said that, you need to go make your money in business first. I'll tell you what. Go buy a percentage of the Texas Rangers baseball team. Mm-hmm. Got a couple friends, hookah, 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 multimillionaire. Let's try that out. And it worked. And W did that and made some money. And then he ran for governor of Texas, did a great mm-hmm. job there. Ended up becoming, uh, what was he, the 43rd president of the United States. But I just thought it was interesting. Make your money in business first and then, you know, run for politics. So I think a lot of these guys and I've, I've had the fortune to meet some of these people over the years. You know, a lot of them, they made their money first. That's what gave them the opportunity, you know, to go out there and to run for office. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the most important figures, at least to the Republican side of things, that ran for office because they made money was Ronald Reagan, Jennifer. Yeah. And I think Ronald Reagan probably, to me, has the best story, (laughs) the best story. He was an actor, of course, as people know. Win one for the Gipper. I can't do a Reagan voice. I apologize. I don't know. I'm, you can't I'm go from George H.W. <laughs> to the Reagan. That's the problem. Not, <laughs> not going to do it. Not going to do it at this juncture. Uh, no, but so Reagan, uh, he was an actor, and he made about $100,000 a movie. And uh, if he made more than two movies a year, if he made more than two hundred grand, he paid 90% of all of that money to the federal government in the form of taxation. Wow. So throughout the 50s, that Reagan was just like, this is not a good deal for me. Yeah. I'm disincentivized to work. All these people want me to be in these movies. And if you look back, how come Reagan was in so few movies? Because, guys, if he had actually worked in more, and maybe we would have liked that if we were a Reagan fan. But he wouldn't have made more because he would have given 90% to the federal government. And believe it or not, he lived in California. (laughs) And they had about a 10% state tax. So he worked for literally free. (laughs) And so it gave him a ton of time to actually consider running for office. Because he's like, well, I'm only going to make two movies a year. And so it gave him time to say, I want to fix these problems. People look at government to fix the problems. And the government creates more problems than it's ever sought to fix. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it, you know, people that made their money doing other things and then ran for office. I think Reagan was one of the first ones, but he realized he ran so he could reduce the tax rates. He ran for that. And I thought it was really interesting in one of the more recent uh, debates. One of the things that Trump said is that, listen, I don't think that having a whole bunch of federal government money and more expenditures makes things work better. And he was pointing out Joe Biden and Trump said, Joe You were here for 47 years. Tell me why all these problems aren't already fixed. And I thought to myself, bang, that was the Reagan comment. Yeah. People that want big government, more government, so the government can fix your problems. 47 years of Joe Biden, 
47 years, and what have we really accomplished? Mm. Seriously, what yeah. have we? Trump's been in any form of political governance for three and a half years. And man, he's done some okay things. Yeah. He's also done I some things that ruffle some feathers. Yeah. Right? But having said that, can you say that in only three and a half years of politics, he's done a decent amount compared to someone that spent an entire lifetime, half of a century nearly, mm -hmm. in politics? And so I found that to be interesting because I think that that comes back. And let's don't look at a Trump and Biden situation. Let's go back and think about a Reagan situation when we think about his words where, hey, don't look for government to be the solution. It is not a solution. And I agree with that. Trump seems to be on that same page, which is why, without a doubt, I don't want more government, especially someone that spent 50 years and seemingly got nothing accomplished. Right. 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 So when you look at these things, I think that if you do, and by the way, if you're out there and you've done well and you do have a level mind and you do have a head on your shoulders that really thinks through what we really need, consider being a public service person. Consider running for politics. Wouldn't we all love to have smart educated, well-thought people actually leading this country? Yes, please, please. please. And I know, <laughs> yes. listen, the political environment's not necessarily a fun bunch of things you want to do. <laughs> but listen, I think we need to encourage our young people. Don't just get out there and gripe about everything you don't like. I don't right. think that this country is falling apart. It feels like it sometimes if we're paying attention to social media. But I think what it comes down to is we just all need to quiet our opinions and think for a moment on what actually made the country great. Yeah. And let's go back to making it great again. And I think that that really was a really good point. I don't think that Trump could have picked a better moniker, a better slogan for his first campaign. America has been great. Let's keep it that way, right? Mm -hmm. So let's don't go back to politics as usual. It just means more junk. Reagan fought for it back in the day in 1980, long before that, actually. And I think Trump's trying to fight for it now. And this is not to sway a vote. This is simply to say, hey, there's a little bit of some background elements to who can run for office. By the way, remember, Trump made all of his money in business first. Right. So he didn't owe anyone anything when he came into office. Mm -hmm. Think about that, too. How interesting is that, Jennifer? Yeah, that is a very interesting point. Well, I kind of want to channel our inner Reagan here this weekend on the retirement solution, John, because, you know, just as he got fed up and that's why he decided he wanted to run for offices to fix yeah. his tax situation and, and fix all of our tax situations. There are some fixes that we can implement for ourselves today. I just think a lot of people don't know how much control they have over this. Well, you know, we can take as much control as we want. You know, there, there's a couple ways that we can look at our tax situation. We can either rely on our tax preparer, whether it's H&R Block or your local CPA or whatever. But guys, those are people that are just recording history, right? You hand them the forms and so forth. If you want to take control, you actually need tax planning. And unless we want to go through, I don't even know what the current count is, 82,000 pages of tax law, you might want to <laughs> find think. someone that can help put it together for you. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you can make 5% in the market, but it's not about what you make, it's what you keep. So if you could keep that 5%, that's a lot better than making five, but then 50% of that going to Uncle Sam, right? Right. See, a lot of people out there, they've done such a good job saving, Jennifer, and this is why we talk about this. They've done such a good job saving. They are going to pay more and higher taxes in retirement than they did while they were working. Wow. <laughs> Let me say that again. Wow. There are some people in retirement that are going to pay a higher number of taxes, more tax dollars in retirement than they did while they were working, mm. simply because... 
they didn't get the right plan in place. No, guys, do you know how easy that is to fix? No, it takes some work. You're going to have to seek it out. I mean, you're going to have to go out there and find, okay, where do I need to start to figure this out? And I'm not suggesting you go through 82,000 pages of tax documents. Right, please. When I say seek it out, I don't mean go through the tax code. It's section 173B14-97. No, what I'm saying is go find someone that actually does this stuff, maybe even for a living, and see if they can't help you put the pieces in the right place. I know that people are mind blown. When we show them, hey, if you just do that simple stuff we talk about, which is asset shifting, consider getting some of those tax deferred into tax-free Roth accounts. They can potentially save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, is that worth doing a little bit of research and finding if we're the right firm for you guys? Maybe. Or the alternative is you could just become one of the other side that says, hey, uh, I am entitled. I deserve something. You just have your hands out there and saying, gimme, gimme. Uh, my name's Jimmy. Now, between the two, uh, I would go with former. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.